grace, mercy, and peace to you from God our Father and our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Well, the last couple of Wednesdays, we've seen the light, haven't we? We saw the light, the burning bush with Moses. And then we saw Moses and a cast of thousands experience the glory of the Lord in all its radiance as it filled the tabernacle. Well, I'm here today, and we're going to the dark side. The, the people of Israel kept going up and down in the relationship with God. And the time of the judges was a down point. And as we see, things are not going very well for the Israelites. So for, for this evening, let us consider an ordinary man. His name is Gideon, a frightened man. He's seen cowering in the wine press as he threshed his meager wheat harvest in secret. And suddenly the angel of the Lord, the Son of God, appears to Gideon and calls him, of all things, a mighty man of valor. Now, to look at him, Gideon did not appear to be very powerful at all. I mean, he was in hiding from the Midianites who were currently oppressing the children of Israel. The Midianites would were swarming like locusts over the land whenever they had opportunity to destroy Israel's crops and to kill or to take their animals. You see that earlier in the book of Judges. And as a result, many of the Israelites were forced to make dens and strongholds for themselves in the mountains and in caves, hiding out. And what little wheat that Gideon was able to gather, he was forced to thresh not at a high place in the open where the wind could be used to separate the wheat grains from the chaff. That was the normal practice. But he was doing it in secret in a wine press hidden in the midst of his vineyard. And on top of all that, his clan was known to be the very weakest in Manasseh, and he himself was the least in his father's house. So we can appreciate Gideon's response to the angel of the Lord's greeting, the Lord is with you. Gideon says to him, please, my Lord, if the Lord is with us, why then has all this happened to us? And where are all his wonderful deeds that our father recounted to us? But now the Lord has forsaken us and given us into the hand of Midian. You know, there are times when the people of God's Israel today, the church, feel like Gideon. Perhaps there have been moments in the darkening days of this Adventide when you yourself have asked questions like his. If God is with us, if he is really Emmanuel, why is the church struggling or mistreated or ignored? If God is with me, 
then why are things such a mess? Why do I feel alone? Why am I sick and suffering? Where is the power of God that we hear about in the Bible? Well, like Gideon, we too may sometimes feel forsaken. And yet, we also know deep down that the messes we experience are sometimes of our own making. That's how it was in Gideon's day. The reason God had allowed Israel to be overrun by the Midianites is because the Israelites had done evil in his sight. And this happens repeatedly in the book of Judges. The the Israelites forsake the Lord to run to other gods whom they think will give them more of what they want. And God's anger is roused against his rebellious people, and he allows their enemies to overtake them. Then, in their distress, they cry out to the Lord for help, and the Lord raises up a judge, a deliverer, to rescue them from the power of their enemies. The land gains some rest, and everything goes well for a little while, but then that judge dies. The people become spiritually complacent and apathetic again, and they forsake the Lord again. The whole process begins anew. This is a warning for us. When everything is going well, we too can be tempted to become complacent in our faith, forgetting the Lord and forsaking him for the things of this world. It should not surprise us then if the Lord allows a little hardship to come upon us so that we might be brought to see what we have done. But this is also for our comfort. The Lord is doing this for our good. He is seeking to work penitence in our hearts so in faith we might call upon his name again and with greater ferocity and fervency. He chastens us like a son whom he loves. With the law, he turns us away from our idols, and by the gospel, he draws us back and restores us to himself. Through Christ, our deliverer, we have rest once more. Gideon is a picture of Jesus. He was the one chosen by God to deliver Israel in that day and to bring them rest again. Even though he was the weakest and least, he was the Lord's man for the job. This is a consistent theme even to the end of the Gideon narrative. Instead of defeating the Midianites with a massive army, the Lord insists that Gideon reduce his army down from 32,000 to only 300 men. This was so that the victory would not be won by human strength so that they could boast in themselves, but solely by the wisdom and strength of the Lord. The power of God being hidden beneath seeming powerlessness points us to a fulfillment in Jesus. 
Gideon is a living prophecy of the victory over sin and death and the devil, which the Lord brings to us at Christmas. It is the way of God that the last shall be first, and the humble shall be exalted. Jesus embodies this. He is the mighty and eternal Son of God, yet he does not appear to be so. He was laid in a cattle trough for a crib. His birth took place almost secretly. He appeared to be nothing more than a poor peasant boy. He was born in Bethlehem, which Scripture says is little among the clans of Judah. When as an infant his life was threatened by Herod, he was hidden away in Egypt for a time. Jesus, our mighty man of valor, appeared to be vulnerable and helpless, not only in his birth, but also in his death. Nevertheless, he brought about the fulfillment of his own words, which he had spoken to Gideon. I will be with you, and you shall strike the Midianites as one man. Remember, the Lord commanded Gideon to pair his 32,000 warriors down to a mere 300, that they could not possibly boast of succeeding in their own strength. Yet, obviously overmatched, they would go on to defeat the Midianites as one man because the Lord was with them. That evening, their only contribution was carrying shielded lights into the enemy camp in the dead of night. And then when they're given the cue, they, they shattered the, the uh, ceramic that was covering them and exposed the light to the people, and they blew on their trumpets. They had the light in one hand and a trumpet in the other. That's all they brought into the battle. The soldiers didn't even strike a single blow in this battle. The Lord did all the rest, just as he had before at Jericho. The battle is the Lord's. Understand this. The Lord Jesus defeats all of our enemies, quite literally as one man. By his incarnation, he has taken our humanity into himself. And by his death and resurrection, he has destroyed sin, death, and the devil once for all. As Romans says, for as by the one man's disobedience the many were made sinners, so by the one man's obedience the many will be made righteous. Jesus is an army of one, the only one who can deliver us from our enemies. The one man, Jesus, defeated our powerful enemies through weakness because he is the Lord in the flesh. 
out of lowly Bethlehem came the one to be the ruler and deliverer of Israel. Now, the Midianites, in their confusion, would end up turning on and killing one another in their camp. In the same way, Jesus turned death and Satan against themselves on the cross, delivering us forever from their power and the sin that oppresses us. The one man, Jesus, assumed the humanity of all people in his conception and birth. And so this one man's victory also counts for all people in his death and resurrection. The name Gideon means one who breaks or cuts down. Jesus, our Gideon, has broken and cut down all false gods and the devil himself by the wood of the manger and the wood of the cross. The angel of the Lord first appeared to Gideon when he was threshing out wheat for bread in a wine press. And he departed from sight after revealing his identity to Gideon by unleashing a consuming fire upon the bread and meat that Gideon presented to him and laid out upon the rock. This event points us to the sacrament of the altar where the Lord fulfills his promise to be with us in the flesh, where his body and blood offered up on the rock of Golgotha are given to us under bread and wine. Though Jesus has departed from our immediate sight, he is still present with us as the light of the world through his word. As true man, he stood in our stead to share in our need so that we might also share with him in his divine glory. And so we say with Mary in her Magnificat, he has brought down the mighty from their thrones and exalted those of humble estate. Finally, when the angel of the Lord departed from Gideon, he perceived fully that he had been in the very presence of God. Gideon thought he would die for having seen the angel of the Lord face to face. But Gideon was given a word of peace. So also we are given peace. An invitation to come into the Lord's presence without fear through faith in Christ Jesus. By his true humanity, we are saved from judgment and reconciled to God. The Son of God also comforts us by saying, Peace be to you. Do not fear. You shall not die. For the Lord Jesus is both the mighty God and the Prince of Peace. Now, in the end, Gideon served as a judge and became a bulwark of peace for his people for 40 years. The angel had called him a mighty man of valor, but, you know, he didn't have to be one to win the battle that God had laid out for him. Let us then, during this Advent season, look 
to Jesus as our Gideon, whose might is hidden in the lowliness. Let us with penitent hearts hope in him who is born to be our eternal deliverer and savior. Amen.